Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, a show about all the money subjects you're too uncomfortable to talk about. But we're not. I'm Nicole Lappin, money expert and author of books, Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe if you don't talk about money, you're never going to make any of it. So let's start talking. Each episode, Nicole and I will debate a tricky question about money and then bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So let's get uncomfortable. Hey, Nicole, have you ever asked for a raise? Yeah, obviously. Haven't you? No. Never? Never. What? Honestly, never. That's and crazy. I, and I have my reasons, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but I have to say I feel really good about my decision because, all right, let me tell you about this guy named Eric Cabral. All through life, I've been told, you know, you, you got to go for yours. You got to, you know, no one's just going to hand you something. You have to ask for it. Okay, so obviously Eric is right. Yes, go for it. Are you saying that you shouldn't get after yours? No, no, no. I I usually agree with that. I I like getting after yours. But let me explain. In Eric's case, so he was working at this job at a creative agency for a while and felt like he was doing great work, like working long hours, and his wife was pregnant at the time. So he felt like this is the time to step up and get more. Yeah. So he approaches his boss and asks for a promotion. The boss is like, send me an email with what you're looking for and we can discuss it. But you're like sort of like shoving it off. Anyway, like what is Eric to do? He sends the email. And then he waits. We left it at that. And I'd say maybe a week or a few days later, he sent me an email. He don't, he didn't really approach me and said, hey, we, we did a 360. Um, do, do you know what a 360 is? Isn't that like when everybody gives feedback on how somebody's doing? Yeah, exactly. So like everybody on Eric's team, like everybody he works with, uh, they're all asked to review Eric. I was put under a microscope. I wasn't aware of it, and now everybody was taking notes on me. They they started to give me feedback, all the negative feedback. Um, I, I don't remember the positive feedback, forgive me, but um, yeah, so it got really awkward really quickly because now I was aware my teammates were not happy with me, and I started to get really self-conscious. Oh, yep. Well, that is a little awkward. I know! And then... His bosses sit Eric down and say, hey, listen, we're hearing all sorts of concerns about you, so we're going to give you a little time to turn it around. So, you know, Eric's feeling pretty wounded by all this. Yeah. And also, now he feels like everybody has this bad impression of him, and he starts to feel bad, and so then they start to confirm their bad impression, and like a total spiral begins. It seemed like they all collectively just turned on me. Like everybody was, you know, and you know how it could get office gossip and people just chattering and it makes it worse. This is terrible. I feel like Eric should just GTFO as the kids say. Yes, yes, exactly. He should just leave. And you actually just made my argument for me. Eric should leave. He got a new job, which is what happened. And then later would go on to start his own company, which is called On Air Brands. And now that he looks back, he sees this entirely different way of working, which doesn't involve staying at a company long enough to even ask for raises. The the majority of my career was staying, you know, I was in one company for 10, 12 years, and then I went to the next one for five, six years. And then, you know, I had loyalty uh, to each and every company and corporation that I worked with. Um, and eventually I started to notice the next generation coming up, you know, millennials and all the younger folks that were 
um, you know, bouncing from year to year to year on their resume. And so, Nicole, I, I, here's where I want to start our discussion today, because I have a theory and it goes like this. You shouldn't ask for a raise because what? you shouldn't stay at a job long enough to really want one. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get into this. I know you are going to disagree with me. So we are going to debate. And then afterwards, as always, we are going to bring a celebrity judge on to decide who's right. Baked by Melissa founder, Melissa Beneshai. And she'll give one of us the raise of a lifetime. All right. I feel like I have the more controversial position here. Yeah. Because you're like a normal person who just asks it's for a raise. First you've asked that I'm the normal one. You've asked for, you've asked, yeah. you've like walked up to a boss and been like, I feel, I feel like I've been doing a really good job and, uh, you know, my, my anniversary's coming up and it's, it's okay, time. Well, for... I don't say it like that because then nobody would get a raise. How do you, how do you say it? I come in super, super prepared. Mm. I come in showing how I've contributed to the company. And just like you would put together presentations or documents for parts of your job, you should do that for yourself. So you come in with like, like spreadsheets? Like what are you coming in with? Yeah, like documentation of what I've been doing, uh, how that's helped the company. And if an employee of mine does the same thing and they can actually show me, I love a good graph or chart or mm-hmm. anything. Who doesn't? Because like obviously I'm doing my own thing. I'm not micromanaging. I don't know exactly what projects they're doing, if they're bringing in more money. If they can show me that they're bringing in more money to my company, then I will give them money. Like if they ask me for an expense account, but Not just, hey, can I have an expense account because it could be cool and I want to go to free lunch. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I took so-and-so out to coffee and that yielded, you know, a $5,000 deal. I'm like, go to coffee every day, all day, every day and twice on (laughs) Sunday. But that is the evidence that I want to see. And so that's how I come to the conversation. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, Boy, I've saved a lot of time by not doing that. Instead, here is my magic formula for getting more money. I leave. Oh, my God. Goodbye. Wait, you've Going never, never, else. ever in your... How I've old are you now? Literally, I'm 38 years old. I have never asked for a raise. And you've started working, what, in your late teens, early 20s? You yeah. have never asked for more? No. And I'm I've gotten, so confused. I've gotten a couple raises, you know, here and there, not significant. But honestly, I walk into every job thinking... I'm here for a short period of time. I'm going to learn what I need to learn. And then I'm going to go on. I'm going to do something bigger and get paid better. Because my philosophy is that the second that you walk into a job, your market value outside of that job is higher than it is inside the job. The company will always, always slow roll you. They will always look at you and think, what is the smallest amount of money that I can give this person to stay here? And meanwhile, the rest of the world is like, oh, that person is experienced and now they have the experience of working like wherever it is that you're working. And if they hire you, they'll hire you at a, at a higher level and they'll give you what your market value is, whereas your company will never give you That's your market not true. value. That's not true. I'm so convinced Because of that. you can use that as leverage. If you have another offer, there's no better way to get your current boss's belly fired up. Yeah, and, get fire that belly up. And, <laughs> Is that to say you're going to jump ship? I was trying to do this whole analogy thing. It got got really twisted. But I'm saying that if you come to your boss and you say, hey, 
you know, I have this other offer. Right. And you use that as leverage. And I think that's fine, but you can't pull that very often. I mean, like, that's not a thing you can do every year or your bosses are just going to be like, will this person stop doing this? But if you're such a superstar, you're probably going to get recruited anyway. Yeah. So then go and get your money. Go out there and show your worth and move around. You know, this was crystallized for me when I was working at a job early in my career. This is a conversation that a colleague of mine had with her boss where she asked for a raise and her boss was like really, really candid with her and was like, listen, I might be able to get you like a small raise, but to be very honest with you, the way to get more money at this company is to leave and then come back later. At a higher position. Yeah, and you'll you'll like you'll get way more money. He was like, you should leave. And that is exactly what she did. Sure. But you remember our friend Eric yes. in the beginning of this uh-huh. episode? Now, I don't want to come down on Eric, but are you a good employee? Because if you're not a good employee, maybe the people around Eric were right. Yeah. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and it sucks, and nobody wants to have like a firing squad of criticism. No. But if you're not good at your job. If you get a no for a raise, you should go back and just get better at your job where you can create those (laughs) PowerPoint presentations and mm -hmm. show the value that you are creating. That that is true. And I I really do like your idea of pulling together all this data because before you go and prove yourself to your boss, you're actually proving yourself to yourself. Yeah. But it has always been my operating philosophy that something is bigger and better outside than inside. And in fact... In fact, I'm I'm wagging a finger here. Uh You're going to say this is some crazy psychological thing of mine, but I literally, there was one time in my career, and this is, this has happened more times, but I will just specifically this time. There was one time in my career where like out of nowhere, my boss calls me in and he's like, you know, you've been doing a really good job. I'm going to give you a $10,000 raise. And do you know what I did? I mean, I said, like, great, thanks. And then I went home and I like bitched about this to my wife. I was like, what do you mean? I'm so annoyed by this. Why were you annoyed? Because I think that what he did was made this calculation of like, okay, well, Jason's been here for a certain amount of time, which means that he's probably a flight risk. So what is the smallest amount of money that we can give him so that he'll stay here longer? Uh, I guess it's $10,000. Like, I know that I'm worth more than $10,000. Like, whatever then my salary is. why you ask for it? Because, like, whatever, I planned on leaving in a year anyway. Like, look, who cares? But that's a conversation like, hey, Jason, I want to give you ten grand. Thanks. What about twenty? Like, okay, wait, wait, wait. If somebody did that to you, that actually feels kind of obnoxious. If somebody did, if you were like, listen, you've been doing a great job. I want to give you $10,000. And somebody's like, you know what? That's cool. But you know what's cooler is $20,000. Well, that's why you you should control the conversation. That's why you should bring it up and have a contingency plan, including perks. So I often tell people to go in with a dollar amount and then also a perks thing. So like working from home on Friday or transportation being paid for. And oftentimes those things are more valuable to your life than an actual bump in base salary. Okay, wait, let me give you some stats that are actually, no wait, but they're actually (laughs) on your side. Okay, so fascinating. According to a uh, 2018 survey of 160,000 workers by Payscale, only 37% of workers have asked for a raise. How interesting is that? That's such a small number. I thought the number would be- a big survey too. It is. I like that data set. But here's here's the amazing thing. Of those people, the 37% of workers that asked for a raise, uh, about 70% actually got something when they asked. See? What did Wayne Gretzky say that you miss 100% of the chances you don't take? You won't get a raise if you don't ask. So I'm not surprised that a majority of people who asked got it. For you as a boss, what makes you say yes versus say no? I mean, to me, it's very, very simple. 
do I want to keep this person happy? Let's be honest. Everybody is replaceable, right? Everybody's, I am replaceable. Everybody who works with me is replaceable. We're all replaceable. But it's just that some people are, it's more annoying to replace them than others, right? There's some people who are more valuable. Yeah, it's easy to to swap them out. And there are other people who it's just going to take a lot of time and it's going to be a headache. So when somebody of great value asks for a raise, the thing I think is like, Oh God, I really don't want them to leave. That's going to be such a pain if I have to replace them. So like, let's try to keep them happy. But I honestly, I always think that, you know, what am I, what am I doing? I'm buying another year or two uh, of their time. I mean, I'm not buying much more than that. I can't. Uh, Whereas if somebody I don't value asks for a raise, then actually that's a pretty good moment to try to give them an indication that maybe it's time to go find another job. So you use it as a retention for the all-stars. Yeah, I mean, what else is it? This is the thing. This is this is, like comes down to the core thing that I'm I'm thinking about here is that a company's interest is purely in maintaining the thing that it would be most annoying to replace. If everybody is replaceable, then all a company is doing is thinking like, what is the smallest amount of money that I can spend to not have the annoyance of having to find a replacement to this person? And so then they'll give you whatever the end result of that calculation is, which I guarantee you is less money than you would earn on the open market. You are so fired up about this. I love it. But you said it's very expensive and time-consuming to hire somebody else. So from an employee's standpoint, isn't it better to ask for a raise because knowing that because it is time, money, energy, and like time is more valuable, obviously, I think, than money? You know, you're leveraging what you have, but I think that no matter who you are, what you have is, is limited leverage. If they're so-so employees and you're like, this is a pain in the ass, I don't want to run a process. I don't Mm -hmm. have time to run a process. Like, you're good enough. Yeah. Wouldn't you throw them a bone versus losing them as an employee? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, but I I don't really want, like, so-so people. I want, like, all-stars. And and sometimes and it, and it is nice to bring in fresh blood. So, I'm I'm totally fine with with, with people leaving. I, I think that people should leave. I think that you should stick around at a job for only a couple of years and then you should move on. And if somebody's willing to stay with me longer and they're really really good, then great. I I, I luck out as the guy who has to think about this stuff. But in the, if I was like counseling them, I'd say that in their best interest, they should probably move along. And that, and that like I'm not talking about in this case like my own individual employees, but it's just like in general, I feel like. Come in, do a couple years, uh, learn what you need to, add some skills to your resume, become more valuable in the open market, and then go get your money. I hear you. But that is assuming you're working for somebody else. As an employer myself, I, you know, want lifers. I don't want people to be jumping around. I want people who are like ride or die, who will play in traffic for me. And so it's really important for me to keep them happy. Mm -hmm. Um, The good ones, obviously. Yeah. And like you said before. So I think that the baseline is like, do good work <laughs> first, yeah. then uh-huh. ask for what you want and prove it and back it up. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. And, you know, I try to go out of my way to hook up the best employees so that they safely play in traffic yeah. for me. You know what? I think that it's time that we bring on somebody who has a different and more well-informed perspective than us. So here it is. We've got the celebrity judge who has way more employees, Nicole, than you or I do. And she is going to decide who's the better boss. Boss. 
We're talking about how and when to ask for a raise. And so what better person to ask than someone whose career took off after she was fired from her job? Melissa Beneshai was canned from a job in 2008, started baking cupcakes at home instead, and the result was so good that it's grown into Baked by Melissa, a company that's famous for its bite-sized cupcakes. Melissa, thank you for being on Hush Money. Thank you for having me. We've brought you here to weigh in on perhaps the most fundamental question any employee has, including 250 people who work for you, which is, where's my money? Mm -hmm. Nicole says, yes, ask for a raise, but you got to make the case, keep track of your successes, and then show why you're a good return on investment. I take what I realize sounds like a radical stance, but I say don't ask for a raise because the slow drip of raises will keep you from leaving your company and getting way more money somewhere else. So now, Melissa. It is time to give one of us the bite-sized treat of a lifetime, which is being declared correct on a podcast. Who's right? Neither. What? Neither. I didn't expect that. So, like, Nicole is a little bit more right than you are because if somebody, like, presents an entire presentation and the return on investment, fine. Like, of course, you, chances are, are going to get a raise, but you might not if you're not good at your job. But at Big by Melissa, I think if somebody were to ask me for a raise and they deserved it, they would get it. Communication is so important and something that I didn't do well from at the job I was fired from. But I obviously I've learned a ton in the past almost 11 years with Big by Melissa. Um, people should know what's expected of them. If they're not doing their job, they should know. If they're going above and beyond, they should know. But also as the employee, communication is super important. And you should be communicating with your managers and even the C-suite like employees if it's a small enough company go out of your way to have relationships with them, shoot the shit with them, and also talk to them about the business. Show that you're interested in the business and ask them questions. Make sure your manager knows that you want to grow with the company and communicate with them on a regular basis. If the company doesn't have structure in place to set you up for success, then ask for it. And that will make you even more valuable. Um, And so I really believe that Having a positive relationship with your managers and employers are ultimately what's going to allow you to get a raise in the future. And then once you have a real relationship with them and they know what your goals are, you ask them for a raise or you tell them what you want. They're going to say, you're not there yet, but here's how we can get there. And I'm going to work with you to get you there or you suck. Bye. So in other words, what you're saying is don't ask for a raise always be making the case for a raise. Like the thing that you're disagreeing with, I think with Nicole is the one-time ask. What you're advocating for is a constant building and growing relationship so that people just know you're valuable. They know you could, or you could just literally say, Hey, like I think I'm doing a great job and I want a, a raise. If you're doing a great job that you know, you are, and you, you don't have to put together this entire presentation. Uh. If I were the boss, I'd be like, well, when did you do this? Like, I hope you're like getting your job done too. Um, I just think like that open communication is super important. I've had people flat out ask for a raise and some have gotten it and some haven't. It depends on how they're doing. Chances are, you know, whether or not you should get a raise. And if you're not happy in your job and you don't know if you should get a raise or like me, I sucked at my job. I actually thought I was getting a promotion when I was called to HR, but I was fired. So there are clueless people like me. That is that is very similar to the person at the very beginning of this episode who we heard from who thought he was doing awesome and went to ask for a raise. And that prompted this whole thing where his bosses started looking into how he was doing. And it turns out he was sucking and then he was out of the company. 
Yeah, and you know what? That was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. It was. And the truth is, if you really want to raise and you ask for one and you don't get one, there's a reason why. Maybe it'll be great and they'll put more structure behind your position and they'll set you up for like a path to success. Or you're like me and that guy who just aren't fit for corporate America. I used to like have to write emails to be corrected by like my supervisor and I'd be standing over her desk while she literally corrected my work. I'd be like, this is stupid. Like it's a waste of time. It's not efficient. And like that's a great mindset for someone like me, you know? So sometimes you just got to follow your gut and like do what makes you happy. I often feel though that people are delusional that they think they're way better than they are. And so I often hear women say, like, I didn't get a job. My boss sucks. I'm like, wait a minute. Look in the mirror, sister. Like, are you actually a good employee? Would you give yourself a raise? That's such a totally. We need to, like, look at ourselves in the mirror a little bit more. And I think it's so much easier to blame other people for your failures. But really, we could only control ourselves and the way we respond to things. And so if you're not happy in your job, I think... The best question to ask yourself after like a frustrating situation would be, what could I have done differently in that situation? Like, am I perfect? Did I do everything right? No, like I probably could have gotten all of the work done before going into my supervisor's office. All right, next time do that. See if it affects change. If it does, great. Keep asking yourself what you could have done differently. I mean, I think that's a valuable lesson in life and work. Totally. Self-awareness, I think, is the biggest quality that you can have in life and in work. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. And if you don't see your job that way, I mean, obviously not everyone is going to be fortunate enough to love their job. We have to support ourselves, but at least find your passion and and try and do something that interests you. But having 250 employees, you're not necessarily in the know with everybody and what they're doing day in, day out, because you're getting your own shit done while they're getting shit done. So when have you had an experience that somebody asked you for a raise and you were like, No. Or have you fired them before that even happened? I'm very direct, (laughs) like very direct. If somebody doesn't do something that they should do or if I I just think it's so important to always be giving feedback, great feedback and not as great feedback, because that's ultimately how you learn and grow. Um, And I think if you do do that as a manager, then you get to have fun. You know, like I we all talk to each other on the same level and I'm very real, probably to a fault, but I can be because I'm Melissa and I have an amazing CEO and together we really balance ourselves. So if there's ever like a real serious problem, I'm just going to go to Seth. I'm gonna be like, you want to do this? <laughs> Is he your work husband? Like he does this the shit you don't want to do, Seth? Yes, but he looks at P&Ls the way I look at cupcakes. Oh. Like, literally, like, you give him a crazy, like, spreadsheet with a ton of numbers on it that's, like, miles long, and he's like, ah! He <laughs> covers it in icing. And I'm like, that's great, good for you. I'm going to go figure out the what oven. the assortment's going to be in Q4. Which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because you need someone passionate about the thing you're not passionate about. Totally, right. and he is amazing at what I suck at, and I am amazing at what he sucks at. Yeah, you don't want him making cupcakes. Oh, hell no. Let me run by you my theory, because how I feel, and this is how I've conducted my own career, is thinking that I am going to, as an employee of a company, get slow rolled, that the company is always going to be thinking, what is the smallest amount of money that we can give this person to keep them here? And that my market value increases and that if I put myself out on the open market, I will get more money. And that has paid off in all the job decisions that I've made. But of course, I am only one person. So 
be honest now, you are someone who runs a company. Are there people among these 250 people who you think could get more money elsewhere? Of course. I think that's a strategy, right? And if you decide to go with that, good for you. I am the namesake of a company that is extremely special. We have best-in-class product that actually makes people happy and emotional when they receive it. And it's a freaking awesome place to be. There are so many people on our team because of the nature of Baked by Melissa, entrepreneurial, growing, growing, growing. When we hire people into positions, there are positions most often that have never existed before within the company. So these people are in a position to create a, a job title and and they can make of it what they will. So if they have your mindset and they're not going above and beyond and they're thinking about market value and all this other crap, then all right, so be it. I shouldn't have hired that person. That, that's not the type of person that I want in my company because I want people who understand the opportunity that they have and there is such value in people. Any any interview that I've ever done when somebody says like, what's the best part of your job? It's the people. And it's so hard to find amazing people. So when you do, keep them and do anything you can to keep them. Pay them money. They're worth it. I mean, we recently lost some, like uh, an employee went on because he found another opportunity and we we were so bummed. And I was like, well, fine. We offered him more and a better position. And the truth is we learned so much through that experience. We should have done things differently with him and maybe his department, but we didn't know better. We never experienced it before. And we were very open about that with him and with our team because we're using that as you know, a way to learn and grow and and never make that mistake again. We're human. So we tried to keep him. It didn't work. We'll find someone better. No big deal. Um, But I think human capital is the most valuable asset a company has. And I I love that that's now how you're thinking and you're going to be more mindful of how to retain someone in that role in the future because you learned from it. You know, I, it reminds me a couple jobs ago, I I, I left. I got a new job. And when I did, it's so funny. Like when you start to leave, when you leave a job, everybody, all your superiors just start having these frank conversations with you and like showing all the cards that they were holding. And one of them told me that they had had a like executive conversation at the beginning of the year and they had listed out all the people who they felt were getting underpaid, who were going to figure out that they were getting underpaid and leave. These were the flight risks. I was on the list and I left. And when I heard that, I was like, that must be everywhere. Well, screw, that sounds very you corporate then. America. So corporate America. Yeah, but you're optimizing for money in that scenario in your career. You're right. thinking that money is ultimately what's going to be the end all be all. And I think Melissa is also saying that your overall compensation package has to do with happiness, quality yes. as well. And you mm-hmm. want, like, as you're running a business, your ride or dies. Also, it costs money to lose people and find new ones. Mm -hmm. You don't have somebody doing a specific job that might be essential to the organization for a period of time. You have to either hire a recruiter or have your HR spend time, which is money, looking for new candidates. You have to have the people involved interviewing these people. That's expensive. And I guess the bigger the company, I would imagine, the more levels they have to go through in order to make these big decisions on compensation and whether or not people should be making more. Again, I think... That really supports having a real open relationship with your managers and supervisors and making sure they're aware of what your goals are. I should note that I wasn't thinking about this in terms of just purely money. I was thinking about it as my 
time at this company has expired. I've learned everything that I can, and they are not going to evolve the job or evolve their company. And so it was time for me to move on. And at that point, I didn't want to even have a conversation about money with them. I just wanted to go. I didn't even ask for a counteroffer. I was like, I'm out. Alternately, that is extremely important to be able to do is leave. And I think... What I've learned is that people are scared of change, which is crazy to me because I need change to be happy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so fun and exciting. And if I'm doing the same thing every day, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. That said, like, I have friends who, like, will complain about their job. I'm like, I'm not even going to listen to you anymore. You shouldn't be there. Right. You could do something about this. Like, put aside an hour a day, even while you're at your job that Mm -hmm. you're over and look for a new one. You're going to find it. You're smart. You're capable. You can do anything you set your mind to. So, yeah. Fear. When you fear change, you handicap yourself. Totes. 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 <laughs> We've done it. A round of totes. A round of totes for everyone. Um, there is no declared winner here. No, unless but there really is. in this conversation I'm, you have drifted Nicole, towards. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't like your mindset, Jason. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> Fine. I don't want to work with you anyway. <laughs> Nicole, you're fired. Yes! <laughs> Cupcakes for days. Uh, Happiness. You know what I'll do? Jeans and t-shirts. That's just not a positive attitude, I'm just going to go somewhere and make more money and then buy my own cupcakes. Great, but guess what? Money doesn't buy happiness. That's right, Jason. Are your cupcakes happiness? You're prioritizing money over happiness. Are your cupcakes happiness? Yes. Can I buy them? Yes. Money can buy happiness. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Melissa, thank you so much for being on Hush Money. Thank you for having me. I love her. When you have a cupcake company, you can always roll into a meeting with handfuls of cupcakes. And then everybody loves you. And then everyone loves you. It's a really good way to sweeten people up. And that was not a pun. I didn't even it, it mean that. It kind of was. I feel like you did. No, I, well, it was starting to come out. And then I realized, uh, you know, I think a good takeaway from this is that both the employee and the employer have a responsibility to be constantly monitoring the other and making sure that they're being valuable to each other. And when one party forgets to do that, there's going to be some kind of tension, which is then going to lead in some way or another to somebody taking an action, which is either leaving or asking for a raise that maybe they don't deserve or asking for a raise that they're bitter because they haven't just been given. That in fact, asking for the raise is a symptom of some kind of problem. Yeah, some potential passive aggression. I want to ask you, am I holding my weight on this podcast? Huh, that's a really good question. You know, I feel like what we should do is do a 360 review. So we'll ask me, and I I guess we can't ask you. (laughs) So we'll ask me again, and then we'll, we'll get back to you. I'm calling HR. I think I'm HR too. No. And that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great I heart team our sound editing is by mary Du. and a special thanks to my badass nbg team sabrina anderson megan nelson and kate garrison hush money is a production of iHeartRadio. radio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, radio visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows 